What are the Carolina Panthers' top priorities heading into the draft later this month? I'll tell you right here on Locked On Panthers. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Your team every day. That's our motto here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter, at Julian Council, where on Fridays I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions right here on the show, either at me or DM me over on Twitter at Julian Council. The month of April is finally here, and we have a four-week sprint to the 2023 NFL Draft taking place in Kansas City, Missouri from the 27th through the 29th, but all Panther fans, including me, and I'm sure you, are ready to get to the 27th so they find out who's going to be taken number one overall in the draft. And we'll talk about the latest as it pertains to who is the favorite to be the number one pick here in Carolina, and if that is the correct choice for the Carolina Panthers. So we'll get into that here momentarily on the show, but there's more to talk about. Aside from whether it's going to be Bryce Young out of Alabama or C.J. Stroud of Ohio State or Anthony Richardson out of Florida, who the Panthers just saw last week, there was Pro Day on Thursday, or Will Levis, who they saw a couple weeks ago, there's more to talk about with this team draft-wise than the quarterback prospects. Now, of course, that is the most important thing because the Carolina Panthers must get that right. Otherwise, we're looking at another four or five years of bad football, Frank Reich losing his job, Scott Fitter losing his job, and David Tepper, well, I guess he doesn't have any hair to pull out, but David Tepper being very frustrated with the situation after spending $2.25 billion liquid straight cash on the Carolina Panthers, so they must get that right, and they've done a lot throughout the free agency period to make sure the team around this rookie is as good as you could reasonably expect it to be considering the Carolina Panthers were after firing that rule and then letting Steve Wilkes walk and bringing in Frank Reich. I think they've done a really good job building around this rookie quarterback heading into this 2023 season. Not a perfect job, but as good as I honestly would have expected them to be able to do considering it's free agency and who was available at certain positions the Carolina Panthers need to go out there and fill. Now, the Panthers still have needs on this roster. They don't have enough cap money to go out there and get some big-time veterans to fill that. And there's also not really big-time players available at a lot of the positions of need remaining for the Carolina Panthers. So looking ahead to the draft in a couple weeks, what are the biggest needs for the Carolina Panthers? I got six of them. Now, I got four that are really the top needs, and then I got two other ones that, hey, I wouldn't mind the Carolina Panthers if they had the opportunity and it's best player available, but they really felt like the need to go out there and fill those positions. I wouldn't mind them doing that at all. Let's start off with my top one, and I understand the signing of Adam Thielen and DJ Chark. That was necessary, and I absolutely agree with that. Thielen signing on a three-year deal, uh, really a two-year deal, then Chark signing on a one-year deal for $5 million, and Frank Wright said glowing things about him last week at the NFL owners meeting down in Arizona talking about how they want to make him a complete wide receiver, which would be great. The problem they do that Sharks to be free agent again next year, and he might want to go chase the money elsewhere. Now, the Carolina Panthers cap situation next season should allow them 
to be in the market for a DJ Chark if he does turn out to be that kind of receiver. They're hoping to turn him into this upcoming season. But we'll see how that works out with his play and, of course, how things play out about a year from now. But focusing on wide receivers still, when you look at the rookie, you got to find someone who can be a long-term option for him. And I had someone ask me on Friday, hey, should the Carolina Panthers go out there and draft whoever they draft, the, the quarterback, their favorite wide receiver? Well, you look at it, the situations don't really necessarily allow them to do that. But I understand they're thinking, hey, look at Cincinnati did with Joe Burrow. They drafted him. They got T. Higgins in the same draft. T. Higgins has come out and is an outstanding player for the Bengals. The next year, they went out and got Shamar Chase, who was the best wide receiver in that draft and has been amazing since coming into the league. They put things around Joe Burrow. They had Tyler Boyd already in Cincinnati, and they've gone out there. They put weapons around Joe Burrow, and they've had success even with a bad offensive line. The Carolina Panthers, I would love to see them do the same thing, even after getting veterans in Thielen, who is in the back half of his, of his career, and we'll really see how effective he can be. And I think he will be, at least this season. And in Shark, we have no idea how long he's going to be here. Terrace Marshall, we need to see him take that step this year. This is his third year in the league. It's going to come down to next season where at 2024, that will be his last year of his contract year, or his last year on his rookie deal. Same thing with Shai Smith. LaVishka Chenault, this is his final year, potentially in Carolina. There's not a long-term option. And at wide receiver, I do think there's some good players that could be there, potentially at 39, like a Josh Downs out of North Carolina or Jalen Hyatt out of Tennessee. I still feel like wide receiver is a position that the Carolina Panthers should be trying to fill and find someone for the long term, more so than what they have right now, which is guys who can fill the hole for about a year, maybe two. I still think that's a top priority for the Carolina Panthers. And looking at ESPN.com, Jordan Reed, who's one of their NFL analysts, he had them taking one of their NFL draft experts, whatever. He had them taking Josh Downs at 39. I like that pick. Now, if it's not wide receiver, I think a lot of people are looking at edge rusher as a position the Carolina Panthers should go out there and find someone in the draft, primarily 39th overall right there in that second round. A year ago, the Carolina Panthers ranked 26th in the NFL with only 35 sacks. 12 and a half of those coming from Brian Burns, seven from Frankie Louvu, five from Marquise Haynes, and then uh, the rest were from everybody else on the team. But when you watch the games, it felt like Burns every down, especially on pass, uh, passing downs, was a threat. And then everyone else, you maybe got something out of them. It took until week 11 on Thursday Night Football for Marquise Haynes to record his first sack of the season. Got him. Back-to-back on that final drive that sealed the game. So very timely, but you want more. Marquise Haynes has kind of shown you who he is. Over the last three seasons, at three, four, now five sacks. Good player, not a fantastic player, but someone situationally can show up for you every once in a while. But he's not going to be that consistent edge rusher like we had with Hassan Reddick, opposite of Brian Burns back in 2021. And this might even surprise you. I was going back and looking at the sack numbers that season. Burns had nine. Hassan Reddick had 11, so they had 20 combined, and the team only had 39 overall, but they got more help outside of just those guys that season. Brian Burns really feels like the only pass rusher on this team that you can depend on. We'll see with, uh, what Frankie Lubu can do again this upcoming year, especially in this new scheme of Jero Averro. But the Carolina Panthers have not gone out and got a veteran. I still think they're in the market for one. There's plenty of guys available who are probably going to have to wait until after the draft to go to other teams and get an opportunity to potentially be in that kind of role. But right now, the Panthers still are in desperate need of an edge rusher who can be more than just a one-year solution. They didn't get one last year. They haven't got one so far this year. It would be nice to get someone 
who proved themselves on the college level to be there opposite of Brian Burns for at least the next four years. So the Carolina Panthers definitely need to be in the market for an edge rusher. All right, uh, not just edge rusher, but what about corner? It's There's a great argument to be made that the Carolina Panthers were a playoff team last year if they don't lose Dante Jackson and J.C. Horn, especially for that Week 17 game on the road against Tampa, where C.J. Henderson and Keith Taylor looked lost, and then Josh Norman had to come in in relief duty, and it still didn't matter because the game was already over by that point in time. You could even make the argument that if J.C. Horn is to get injured, the Carolina Panthers are totally fine. The problem is injuries within that position group. With Horn and with Jackson, Dante's had the turf toe, he's had the groin, now an Achilles, the worst of them all he's coming off of, and we'll see. I haven't read too much about what his availability is going to look like coming up here in the next couple of weeks and months, especially as OTA's mandatory minicamp roll around. You have that concern with Dante Jackson and whether he can bounce back and be that kind of the same kind of player he's been in the past because speed has really been a big thing with him more so than physicality. But J.C. Horn, through two years, he's had the foot, which is a freak injury on the turf, then just friendly fire last year with his, his wrist. And, of course, he had, like, I think, he had like a hip issue as well that cost him a couple games. You need to find someone who can be able to step in place of those guys if and likely when they go down. Taylor, Henderson, they have not shown that. Now, it is a contract year for C.J. Henderson. I understand that. According to Mel Kiper Jr., this is a deep cornerback class. The Carolina Panthers potentially at 93rd in the draft in the third round. They could get a corner that could step in and be a starter at some point this season if they need that to happen based off of Horn and Henderson's available, not Henderson, but um, Dante Jackson's availability moving forward here in 2023. Now, it's not just wide receiver, edge rusher, corner. Another position of need is that linebacker. We've already seen the Carolina Panthers go out and talk to a guy like Bumper Pool coming from Arkansas, who could be a starting linebacker for them down the road. You got Shaq Thompson, who's back here on a lower salary deal. And now is it going to be a position group that might be number one had they not found a way to retain Shaq. You got Shaq, you got Frankie, when this new scheme, you're going to need another inside linebacker. And at no point last season did anyone really step up in the and as far as being a backup. You, you haven't seen anything from Brandon Smith. I don't know how much they can really rely on him. It's, of course, it's a different coaching staff, same general manager. How much do they believe in him? And then there was Damian Wilson, who they caught. There's Corey Littleton as a free agent. They need to find another inside linebacker. So that is a position of need for the Carolina Panthers. Edge rusher, inside linebacker, outside linebacker, inside linebacker, basically the same. But linebacker as a whole, that is a position group the Carolina Panthers need to go out there and address in the draft if they can later on this month in April. So wide receiver, edge, corner, linebackers, those are my top four priorities for the Carolina Panthers as far as draft needs. There's a couple others. Only two more that the Panthers should be looking at. I'll tell you what those are here in just a moment on Locked on Panthers. But before I do that, this episode of Locked on Panthers is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. You've heard me talk about this mobile game app. If you've ever thought that you'd make a good general manager, you've got to give this game a try. It's not as easy as you might think to create a dynasty. When you play Ultimate Football GM, you get to control and manage every strategic aspect of your team as you play through seasons and lead your team to glory trying to build a historic dynasty. With Ultimate Football GM, you're responsible for controlling the destiny of your franchise by hiring the right coaches and coordinators, managing all the finances, including negotiating player salaries and terms, navigating your franchise through free agency, the draft, 
injuries, player slash personnel issues, and all the ups and downs of the season. All of this in a challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate Football GM is completely free and playable offline. Play on the go as you want and when you want to. Lockdown Panthers listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code LOCKEDON in the game store. That's LOCKEDON in all caps, so make sure to check it out today to download the game. Just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up in the app stores. That's ultimate-gm.com. Ultimate Football GM, start your dynasty today. Heading into free agency, one of the biggest needs Carolina Panthers need to fill was a pass-catching tight end, and they have gone out and done that by signing Hayden Hurst to a three-year deal here in Carolina. But the position group still has a lot to be desired when you look at Ian Thomas and Tommy Trimble, who are more seen as blocking tight ends. Now, with Trimble, that's totally fine. That's what he was at Notre Dame. Possibly there's potential for him to be more reliable pass catcher down the road, but I don't think he's ever going to be the kind of pass catcher that a Hayden Hurst has been so far in the NFL. And Hayden Hurst was like that back at South Carolina, which led him to be a first-round pick of the Baltimore Ravens when he came out of college, then going to Atlanta, then having success last year in Cincinnati, helping them get to the AFC title game. So Hurst, that's who he is. It's hard to see guys who in college weren't really – this style of tight end develop into one, especially in the pros at the highest level in the National Football League. So we'll see how it plays out down the road with a guy like Trimble. But Ian Thomas, we know who he is at this point in time. And the Carolina Panthers, I feel like, would be wise to try and find a tight end in this draft class that they could have as a long-term option, like with the wide receiver, for C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young, Anthony Richardson, Will Levis, whoever ends up being that number one pick here in the draft. So tight end, it's not a massive need because you have Hurst on a three-year deal, more of a two-year deal, and you have that option. But what happens if he goes down? Goes down injury, then who is it? Ian Thomas, Tommy Trimble, you're right back in the same situation that you were in a year ago. So finding someone, especially in what is considered a deep tight end class, I think is something the Carolina Panthers need to go out there and look to do at some point in the draft later on this month. Running back. You know how I feel about the running back position. All of them should be making federal minimum wage, $7.25 an hour, 29 hours a week, no overtime, no bonuses, no holiday pay, none of that. Of course, I'm joking. They should get paid whatever their market value is. And apparently here in Carolina, Miles Sanders' market value is a four-year deal. Now, Deuce Staley... The assistant head coach here in Carolina, or associate head coach, however it's described here in Carolina, he obviously was a big reason why Miles Sanders is here with the Carolina Panthers after having a really good season, helping the Eagles get to the Super Bowl. Sanders, Staley, both former Eagles running backs. Staley used to coach Sanders there in Philadelphia, was there when they drafted him, and I'm I'm sure was a big reason why they drafted him in the first place. So those guys obviously have a close relationship. Frank Reich having coached him as well. Unless he didn't coach him, but Frank Reich, you know, knowing Deuce and Deuce having that relationship made a lot of sense for Miles Sanders to come here to Carolina, even though I was totally cool doing like a one-year $3 million deal like the Bears did for a guy like Deontay Foreman. The Panthers wanted more of an all-around, all-purpose back, which Sanders can be. He can be a returner if you need that, but really he can catch the ball in the backfield. He can run it between the tackles, outside of the tackles. More of an overall back than what we have here with Chuba Hubbard, who cannot really catch the football, but can be solid as a secondary running back. And what you had last year with Deontay Foreman. So there you go with Miles Sanders here in Carolina. 
this is also described to be a deep running back class. And I don't think it's much of a priority now because you've gone out there and brought in Sanders. I had someone asking me, like, hey, what happens if uh, B. John Robinson out of Texas falls all the way down to 39? Well, I was telling him, like, dude, that's not going to happen. I haven't seen any uh, reputable mock draft. When I say reputable, I mean one from, like, Mel Kiper Jr. or Daniel Jeremiah or uh, Todd McShay, Matt Miller, Jordan Reed. Haven't seen any of those guys. I guess Dane Brugler also from The Athletic. Haven't seen any of them say that B. John Robinson is going to drop out of the first round, and those guys are actually having source intel. They're not just some guy who's going, like, on the draft network and making up their own mock draft. Now, hey, if you want to go do that, do it by all means. But that's just, you know, it's not one of these people who's out on the Internet being like, hey, this is my mock draft. These guys are actually like talking to teams, have insight, and not a single one of them has said that Bijan Robinson is going to fall to 39. Now, if he fell to 39, I'd be like, yeah, I mean, of course, I'd love to have him. Now, unfortunately, you don't get that fifth year option, uh, but I would love to have him. The problem is, like, why the hell did you pay Miles Sanders all this money? Now, the Panthers could use a bruiser. They don't have that now with Sanders and Chuba here. And of course, Deontay Foreman having gone to Chicago, so they could find a short yardage back whether it be, you know, paying them like a nickel in free agency where they could find one in the draft, I'm cool with that. But that's a very secondary need behind wide receiver and edge and corner and linebacker and tight end. And I might even need to move to – may even need to move tight end closer up, higher up on that list, just knowing that there's not any great options outside of Hurst if he were to go down. So that's where I'm sitting at as far as secondary options. But one through six, wide receiver, edge, corner, linebacker, tight end, running back. Those are the needs I'm looking at for the Carolina Panthers as they head into the draft later on this month from the 27th through 29th down there in KC Mo. Now, we talk about those other needs. Carolina Panthers, well, they need a quarterback, but we already know they're going to get one there at number one on the draft. Uh, what's the latest as it pertains to the number one pick and who is currently the favorite according to our friends over at FanDuel? We'll talk about it here in just a moment on Locked on Panthers. We are only 24 days away from finding out who's going to be the next quarterback here in Carolina, the hopeful franchise quarterback. The Carolina Panthers did not give up their first rounder in 2024, their second rounder in 2025, and of course this year as well, and DJ Moore, they did not give all that up to take the wrong quarterback. I certainly hope that's not the case. It feels like either Stroud or Young will be the pick here in Carolina, but what is the latest as it pertains to who the Carolina Panthers will take at number one in the draft. Reading ESPN.com, Dan Graziano, an NFL insider. He wrote last week, late last week, by the way, um, what the Carolina Panthers would have believed they – well, sorry, let me start over. The Carolina Panthers would have you believe that they moved up from number nine to number one in the draft without knowing which quarterback they're taking. As you'd expect, some people don't believe that, and a very unscientific poll of sources to whom I spoke to at the owners' meetings last week, tell me most people believe that they're taking Ohio State's C.J. Stroud. But Panthers coach Frank Reich was adamant last week that they're going through their process and considering each of the top four quarterback prospects, Stroud, Alabama's Bryce Young, Kentucky's Will Levis, and Florida's Anthony Richardson equally. Reich was asked what he learned from his experience in the Eagles coaching staff in 2016 when they moved up to number two and took Carson Wentz. He said just going through the process and knowing how important it is to be patient you might see a throw or you might sit down with a guy and you say, I love this guy. This is it. But you just finished the process. Be patient. You've got time. We don't have to make this decision today. Stay true to the process. And then he finishes off by saying this Dan Graziano, the painter's decision makers hung with Stroud, Young and Levis last week. 
all at their respective pro days, and we're headed to Richardson this week to put him through the same process. So there are how things stand, and I don't think it's really surprising at all uh, that most people in the league think they're going to take C.J. Stroud because I do believe that's the case as well. I do think that they want C.J. Stroud, or at least that's the favorite right now. Now, according to friends over at FanDuel, C.J. Stroud is the favorite, uh, minus 270 to go to Carolina, where Bryce Young is second at plus 210, Anthony Richardson at plus 1,100, and Will Levis at plus 5,000. Yeah, that's how I would earmark, and that's also kind of been my rankings of these guys. I've had Bryce ahead of CJ, but really it's like flip-flop. Bryce, CJ, 1A, 1B, then Richardson, then Levis in terms of the guys that I would want here in Carolina. And according to FanDuel, that's how they're kind of handicapping it as far as how it might break down here in Carolina. With Stroud, he's got the size, he's got the accuracy. I didn't think he was a better player in college than Bryce Young, but you don't have to be concerned about the size. Now, there's questions about, hey, how does he maneuver the pocket? You saw his best football against Georgia. There seems to be less questions just physically with C.J. Stroud. And then when you look at the football side of things as well, he's got all the things that Bryce Young has as well, and he's just in a bigger body. Although, I thought Bryce was a better player at Alabama. So, we'll see how it works out. But right now, the Panthers are believed to be taking C.J. Stroud, and that wouldn't surprise me, and I don't think it would surprise you. And it shouldn't really surprise anyone at all here in the NFL draft. Now, one thing that stood out to me last week when reading uh, Peter King's Football Morning America, Scott Fitter was telling Frank Reich while they're on the road, like, hey, don't tell me who you like. I don't want to have this conversation with you until the end, right before the draft. And that kind of goes in hand with what Frank Reich was saying about being patient throughout this process. Early on, you watched it, the first pro day with C.J. Stroud, the Panthers easily could have been like, oh, yeah, it's our guy. They could be like, yeah, we don't need to go to Tuscaloosa. We got our guy right here. But they need to go through a process. They need to have dinner with Levis, with uh, Bryce Young. I can't remember where they had it. I didn't really read anything, seeing whether they had it with Anthony Richardson or not. But I imagine they had some sort of conversation with Richardson. They need to go through all the process. They're going to bring them to the top 40 visits here in Charlotte this month. Take your time. You don't need to make up your mind right now. And Scott Fedora seems to be feeling the same way. Same thing with Frank Reich. That's what you want to hear. Yes, you as a Panthers fan might want C.J. Stroud. You might want Bryce Young. You might want Anthony Richardson. You might want Will Levis. You just got to let them figure it out. And you should want them to take as much time as possible as they're not on the clock for 24 more days. Take your time. Absolutely. This does not need to be rushed as far as the process goes. So I would love to have Bryce Young. I think he's a better player. I have no problem with C.J. Stroud. I don't have a problem with Anthony Richardson. Again, I don't have a problem with Will Levis. Right now, I think they're going to take Stroud. Is that the right decision? That remains to be seen. But they don't have to make the decision today, which is the important thing to recognize when we have this discussion about who's going to go number one. Right now, the league thinks they're going to take C.J. Stroud, and personally, I agree that they're probably going to take C.J. Stroud, but we have 24 days to figure out who the pick is going to be. All right, that's going to wrap up this edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Again, hosted by yours truly, Julian Council. Make sure to... Subscribe to the show and to watch it, follow it over on YouTube for free wherever you listen to your podcast and follow me on Twitter at Julian Council, where on Fridays I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions, either at me or DM me. Get those weekly Friday mailbag questions in on the show. In the meantime, be safe, be happy, be whole as always. Keep pounding and I'll talk to you all on Tuesday.